like far away. Hi everyone. Yeah, uh, it was uh, as we as we go live with Jason's eyes right up out. Oh, uh, so how's it going? Uh, it's July. It's hot as balls in Michigan. Uh, welcome to episode nine, uh, our stouts and porters episode. Uh, just continuing on the. Uh, uh, the style series, I guess we're calling it. We recently decided this week we're probably going to like redo the way we've been naming episodes, um, just to make it easier. Like we 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 kind of were doing like 0.5 episodes for a little while, and uh, having those kind of be like off-topic episodes, and then having like the the numeric episodes being like the interview episodes. But we decided that was kind of annoying, so we're just going to have them all be iterative now and just kind of. Um, either have like topic or interview or whatever, like at the beginning of the episode number, just to kind of have everything make a little bit more sense, <laughs> kind of made a little bit more sense to us too. Um, yeah, but, I flexed uh, my YouTube and Facebook muscles today and figured out how to rename Yeah, they're, they're all renamed. So yeah, if you go back and if you go back and search, it should make a little bit more sense today, I think. Um, yep. But hey, so before we even get started, uh, I have a surprise for Jason and Jordan. I, I have a question for you guys. Uh oh. <laughs> um let me let me see if if this will work here so i want you to tell me is this a pop quiz uh, it is well sort of i'm, I'm curious I, i'm not in college anymore <laughs> all right let's do it let's... i haven't drank enough for this shit. <laughs> I don't know. all right so we got a picture on the screen Right. Which, oh. one's, which one's a stout and which one's a porter? I want this you guys is, to. Is, okay, I get, I get, I get where you're. I think I get. Where you're <laughs> um, you know, uh, I can tell me why. One, tell me which why. Which one's CO two and which one's nitro? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, the, I was looking at the head too. I know I couldn't find very, very like good pictures. These were these were the most representative of of a point that I wanted to to make right as we uh, got the episode started. So. There is no difference. So you're, 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 the bad part here is I spent nine hours today at work <laughs> on a, on a conference call troubleshooting a rollout we just did. And so I spent most of my time actually reading up because I didn't want to make some, some mistake and start talking about comparing stouts to porters when in reality, I've got all kinds of notes and websites pulled up, dude. So you yeah, know, yeah. there is no difference. <laughs> um, historically, there's no difference. Uh, there was actually a craft brewing business, uh, which is a, is a, a, a brewing conglomerate website, uh, sent a survey out, I think last year I read, and they surveyed most of the breweries in, uh, in, in, in America. And the answer that came back from the breweries was there is no fucking difference. I'll take that. So. What do you think, though, if you had to guess? And and I'll come back to this picture again I, later I, in our conversation. I really would say, because of the glass and the head, I would say the one on the uh, on on my right, your left, I guess, would be uh, Guinness. So that's a stout. Yeah. Although that in itself is wrong, but and then the other one would be a porter. If so if you, they had to, if it, maybe they're both stouts, I don't know. This could be a trick question, Jason. It's it, it, true. <laughs> but I say it's a trick because even Guinness, which I learned in my massive reading today, Guinness was originally branded a porter. So if that really is a Guinness, I do remember, uh, I remember saying that. Yeah. Then um, what? So go with it, Brian. Which which one's which? No, no. We'll uh, we'll uh, we'll, we'll get back to it later. Um, 
So I wanted to bring that up right now because we'll we'll uh we'll talk about what you know we think the differences between stouts and porters are, if any. Which you're making a very good point uh, of saying that there isn't one. So um, I was really hoping that you were going to like come up with some surprise in, in my brews T-shirt that Shana made or something. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I, was I got wondering. I got all excited. We'll, we'll get I'll I'll we'll see. Maybe maybe I'll have more surprises tonight. Oh, She's no. uh yeah. <laughs> well, uh, what are you guys drinking? I, I haven't cracked my first one yet, so I'm going to do that while you guys tell <clears> me. So cute. Uh, I, I'm drinking uh, my uh, Drew's watching. So I am drinking my adequately carbonated uh, milkshake IPA that I made with um, Rambling Cross and Mosaic to get the blueberry black currant kind of essences. So this is a berry creamsicle IPA that's now carbonated very very dark and stout like yeah looks like it yep after I finish this I'm switching over to Guinness because it's the uh, it's the atypical stout that everybody probably had and it's the first dark beer that most of us probably had honestly yeah yeah I think so yeah how about you Jordan uh, I am drinking. I'm actually on point and on style today, unlike the last few. <laughs> like your glass. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a little glass horn. Um, kind of impractical to drink out of. I'm pretty sure it's just a showpiece. Don't know if I should be drinking out of it, but that's what I had in my office. Um, yeah, so I'm drinking one of my my own stouts. This is my pug stout. Uh, it's a Irish stout. Um, yeah, I think I went a little in this variant. I think I went a little heavy on the roasted malts. It tastes a little bit dark. That's a that's an award winning beer there, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> so jump into this. Brandon brings up a good point. So Brandon says that someone once told me that malted uh, the difference between stouts and porters where one was malted roasted barley and the other one was non malted roasted barley, and that's actually yep, in my y'all, studying. Y'all motherfuckers are getting ahead of me here. Like I, I wanted, to, I wanted to go back into the difference and have it be like, yeah. So look at the head, look at the color. Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely right. So, but this 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 explanation is actually uh, came from the same survey that I just talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the American breweries came back and said, if there was any difference in their opinion, and for American stouts, that is, the difference would be stouts and porters. I should say the difference would be between malted and non-malted roasted barley. Yeah. Um, so with the malted being things like black prince, black malt, like the, yeah. I think the carafas maybe, I don't know if carafas no, or not. I believe carafas are malted. They're just dehusked. Okay. But I'll, yeah. I'll have to double check that. Well, there's carafa and there's carafa special. The special are the dehusked ones. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the one on the right, I guess it's actually not Guinness. Um, that came from, um, another brewery. Uh, I still have it pulled up here, but Murphy's. I don't know what it is. Um, but uh, yeah, that is that is the stout and uh, <clears throat> roasted barley um, gives stouts like Guinness that sort of like lighter, whiter head, whereas typically more like dark roasted. Um, well, it's not malt, but the roasted barley unmalted gives it that white head, and the uh, the actual malted stuff and the caramel malts and the chocolate malts and stuff uh, typically lends uh, to those dark colors. So, yeah. 
So with that, with that lens, so we were just talking about, you know, the difference between malted and unmalted. So actually, and hold Guinness. on. Some, so maybe this is Guinness. The the place I took that picture from is some like Czech website. I can't even like read <laughs> any, any of this. So uh, it, it could be, uh, yeah. What were you saying, Jordan? Oh, so I mean, I was just saying. So since Guinness uses unmalted and was originally branded a porter, is that following along with what Jason was saying and the difference between the two being malted and unmalted barley? So everything and used Guinness to be a porter. originally being a porter. Yeah, yeah. Everything yeah. started out as a porter, and and they in in England they started using the term stout to refer to a stronger uh, or a double or an extra a stout uh, porter porter. Yeah, so that was that um, you know higher alcohol, stronger flavors, um, and that's where Guinness. And I had it here somewhere, but Guinness, uh, I think in the late 1800s, decided that they fit more into that category, and they rebranded Guinness Stout from from Guinness Porter. <clears throat> but it was it was originally Stout meant strong, and uh, and if you even read, if you go back and read the, which I you know I know they're ne they're not officially you know, what a beer is supposed to be. But if you read the, the highlights between BJCP, so first off, BJCP doesn't have really any stout or porter categories. They have individual style categories, Irish stout, um, English stout, or sweet stout. American um, porter. But they have, the only category is American. Uh, and yeah. it, it's, it's American has uh, category 22A, I think is, uh, American Porter and 22B is American Stout. It's 20A and 20B. Sorry, 20, I'm, sorry. I'm looking at it right here. Okay, so. yep. <laughs> I, I knew, I'm, I'm pulling it from memory. So, uh, yeah, so 20A and 20B. And but if you compare the, the the notes between the styles, you know the the uh, um, the IBU ranges overlap significantly, uh, with Stout being just slightly higher. Yeah. Uh, the SRM ranges overlap, you know, quite a bit. Uh, even the ABV, the the perceived ABV or the actual ABV, whatever you want to call it, is um, they're they're literally identical. With the the tasting notes, the aroma, and some of the the um, the more detailed notes talking about just a, a stronger, more pronounced flavor in stout versus porter. So, mm -hmm. but really, after reading them today, I thought, man, this is stupid that there's two categories. Uh, especially, I think I've got it. I've got it up now. Um, when the yeah. IBUs and the SRMs, you know, they're virtually the same. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, you, yeah. Even as you said, ABV. I mean, high-end ABV for Porter is six five and seven for Stout. So, yeah, that range four point. So Porter's four point eight to six point five, and Stout's five to seven. Who? Why? Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> so that, that's interesting. So I guess what we're just seeing is kind of a you know a social or a community, you know conglomerating the two styles into kind of it, one it's like pale ales and ipas it's sort of whatever you want to call it but one sells better than the other mm. stouts will generally probably sell better than porters and ipas ah. definitely sell better than pale ales so I, I i i agree with that like i don't know maybe it's because the only i don't i, I outside of of like a, a founder's you know porter um you don't really see that many porters out there. No. Um, uh, unless it's more of like the, the maybe the smoked varieties, uh, which are disgusting. And water know. has like their vanilla Java porter. Right. Um, I'm trying to think like even like locally here. Rupert's had theirs, right? For a while that was. They did. 
Yep. One of their popular beers. And then uh uh Gonzo's. Um But again that was oh, yeah, that was a vanilla cool. Java Porter. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I so, guess, Oh, go ahead, Jason. No, I I go ahead. I was gonna say, so I, I guess like going back to that, you know, or on, on the same subject of stouts versus porters. In my mind, I've always thought like, well, stouts are you know bigger, darker, heavier beers, which is kind of you know the classical definition, and then porters are a bit lighter, but they're all kind of in line. And the BJCP categories kind of support that, but like it's such a minute difference. Like it's, I, yeah, I mean, to to your point, Jason, like why? <laughs> I, I, I can understand some of the other categories, you know, like, like pug stouts and Irish stout, um, you know, my coffee stouts and Irish stout. And I, I get the characteristics of Irish that are different than a sweet stout, yep. um, you know, and, and, and I can understand that, but getting into that, that category 20, that American quarter and stout, I really think it's, it's kind of silly. And what the, yeah. And the category is just American porter and stout. Let's uh let's use that as an, ex- as an excuse to kind of to, to get into that. So, what is an Irish stout? Like, why why is that different from like what I'm drinking right now? This is like a uh, um, it's one of my first attempts at like a pastry stout. It's not really. It's just like a big sweet stout. But so category fifteen B Irish stout uh is specifically a stout called out to be have that darker roasted. Uh, I think more um bitter forward stout it's 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 uh compared to it's supposed to have coffee flavors um and and it can actually be quite bitter and that that can be acceptable um i know that we all brew irish stouts and that's my biggest beer that i brew the most i i you know and and what's funny is um I guess to compare what that coffee flavor is. So I, I actually brew a coffee beer. I put a half a gallon of cold brew coffee concentrate in that stout and I enter it in the Irish stout category and it gets complimented for having light coffee characteristics. <laughs> sure. So that's what's expected from an Irish stout. An Irish stout is supposed to be coffee and bitterness and darkness and, and uh, none of this cream and sugar shit. Um, so that that's- Irish extra? What's What, what happens there? Irish extra uh, can range more into the bittersweet, the sweet brown. I don't think the creamy, the creaminess you're going to, you're going to get into the sweet stout category, the milk stout, which is, which is a a completely separate category. Um, But yeah, Irish extra is going to be, I believe, actually, let me pull it up. It's going to have a higher ABV. It's going to maybe have a little bit uh, less attenuation, a little bit more lingering sweetness. Um, uh, you know, definitely sweeter and, and fuller on the palate than a, a more astringent, dry Irish stout. But then American stouts are better too, though. Yeah, I think you're. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm. I'm basically just trying to. <laughs> I mean, you see where I'm going with this kind of too. Is that there, like, there's no. There. I know. I mean, there are and there aren't. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm. I'm not a BJCP judge. I'm not classically trained in beer taster or anything like that. I would that. say, and um, I'd have to double check because uh, I'm not reading it verbatim, but I'd have to say that the American stout tends to be more of the malt bitter, maybe even charcoal bitter. Uh, I think it's hop choice too, though, isn't and, it? And and it could be the hop choice too, but it's it's definitely a different bitter profile than the yeah. Irish bitter. 
look looking at it on the BJCP, it looks like American stouts are slightly higher in IBUs. Like uh, uh, Irish extra goes up to sixty, whereas American stout goes up to seventy five. Again, like not. I guess that's a notable difference, but mm-hmm. not massive. Um, and everything else is pretty much in line. I mean, ABV is at up to seven for American Stout. And oh, what was it? This document's really long. Irish Extra was six five. So yeah, it's kind of it's kind of almost the difference between like an American Porter and American Stout. You know, you, you could almost submit a American Porter underneath an Irish Extra. You'd, you'd have that, you know, those brackets tightened up just a little bit depending on what you brewed. But I've actually entered uh, my coffee stout in the same cat- competition in two separate Irish stout and I think American stout and it placed in the same, uh, it placed in both categories in the right. same competition. There's there's so much overlap there. Drew makes a good point too about yeast. Yeah, American stouts are typically brewed with like, you know, the Chico strain or whatever. Sure, you're right. No no yeast characteristics at all. Neutral. Um, yeah. Uh, I uh I actually brewed a uh, an Irish extra stout for uh, my buddy Russ for his birthday uh, last year, and I used Kaiser from Imperial for that, like a like a German oh, ale yeah. yeast. Yeah. And uh, and that thing was like clean, super, super clean. It just took like a good month for that like yeast to like flock out of suspension. Um, but like I, I, I definitely could not see using that for like an American style. But it worked really well for that. It it was like super delicious. Um, I still boil him for a bottle whenever I go over to his house. <laughs> My ex- I had a similar experience with Kaiser. I, I wound up trying to use that for a, a batch of looper, and it took months to settle and kind of clear up, and it was subpar. I actually think I, I threw that batch out. <laughs> I recently picked up a, a clear beer draft system, a couple of them, so I'm hoping that like for future batches for like those less flocculent yeasts, uh, Maybe I can I can get around having to wait so long. I'm looking forward to see how those go. And you mentioned like really high IBUs too. Um, a second ago, isn't it like crazy? Like how you see like uh, on IPAs and stuff like that, the uh, the IBUs like always advertised. Like it's like a, it's a total advertisement thing, you know, in my opinion. And then like stouts often have like just as high like IBUs. But they have to to balance out like all the malt, right? Mm-hmm. Like, are you guys familiar with the, uh, um, like, it's like a BU to GU ratio? I for I like like planting beers and stuff like I that. Haven't, I haven't looked into it. It's it's basically just like the, uh, um, the the gravity of your beer divided by like what the like theoretical like IBUs are. There was a, another brewing calculator online that did something like that. Uh, was it like brew toad or uh, like they RIP. would. Yeah. yeah say brew toad's gone, isn't it? Yeah, yeah no, there, there was, I, I remember we were designing a brew for keepers. Uh, I forget which one it was. And, and, and somebody, somebody brought that up and they were like, Boogoo, thank you, Boogoo. <laughs> Brandon. Uh, yes. Uh, like, like the, somebody at the table was like, boogoo, don't you use boogoo? And I'm like, what in the 
fuck is uh, yeah i've never even heard of this boo goo and a quick couple of quick searches for it and then i decided no it's stupid <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> you know generally, as a, yeah no i i uh I, if we weren't using software that like told us where like we needed to be like already like maybe it would be important um look on a homebrewer scale yeah yeah <laughs> we really can't we can't test for ibus uh you, you know you're you're taking uh the word of 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 the hop grower on on how much alpha and and uh, beta acids are in those hops and what you're going to get out of it and you know you're trusting some brewing software that you're pu plugging in that number and it's going to do you know what it says it's going to do and and honestly it's all a gamble and know? it's theoretical at best yeah yeah you know we 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 can't test for it um, I, I I prefer to brew more to uh, you know, to taste and, and, and I guess experience, then try to, uh, literally, I, I'm not trying to knock anybody, but we were sitting there designing this recipe and somebody mentioned a boo scale. And I, I, when I Googled it, I was like, holy shit, we'd have to put in so much hops to get this balance. And it just didn't make sense. And, uh, we brewed the beer without that. And the beer came out fine. It was, it's coming to me now. It was, it was the uh, imperial brown brown yeah and, and it is a little sweet um which it was supposed to be right it's an imperial brown yeah and i think we i think the original idea was like even like a, an imperial like sweet brown ale wasn't it like i don't, I don't even know if like so i mean yeah, it makes sense to me yeah, but I think I think if we would have followed the boo calculation, it would have called for I, I want to say at the time, and I, I'd have to find my notebook, but it was like quadruple or quintuple the hops that we want to put. Oh, in there. that's significant. That's, yeah, it that's huge. It didn't make sense. Interesting. So, okay. Was it you, Brandon? Was it you that brought up boo at the table? <laughs> as as the chat slows <laughs> down. <man. laughs> but that said, uh. You know, Irish stout is probably the most common, I think, stout out there. I mean, being that it's Guinness and Beamish and Murphy's and, you know, it's like the, the kind of the, the grandfather of the stouts or what we know as stout in America. But there are several other varieties of, of stouts, and I don't really play too much outside of barrel-aged, uh, which is a whole other game, but oyster stouts and milk stouts and sweet stouts Ugh. and chocolate stouts and... Um, what was that first one that you said? Oyster, Oyster stout. Yeah, no, never. Is that a thing? It is oh, absolutely yeah. a thing. Oh, yeah. I've uh, had an oyster beer before. It was like an oyster pilsner, and it just tasted like licking the beach. But <laughs> so is, is this like actually with oysters? I, I, it is, I, I mean, think. Yeah, yeah. So, so there, there are two variations. I'll lay down some education. Uh, okay. Oyster stouts. In, in the, and I'm going to run reading from a webpage here. Uh, stouts in the 18th century, oysters were very commonplace food, often served in the pubs and taverns. Um, oyster beds, you know, as we came into the 20th century, oyster beds were in decline and stout had given way to pale ales. So there is a guy, his name was Ernest Barnes, came up with the idea of combining oysters with stout using an oyster concentrate. Fuck you, Ernest. Uh, Ernest Barnacle, <laughs> and and it was it was invented in New Zealand actually um, with really? Hamilton Brewery in in, in London producing it for them in uh, the UK. Hmm. So that was actually brewed with oyster concentrate. Today, oyster starts are 
brewed. There are some oyster stouts in the market. They they are marked not suitable for vegetarians. They do have oyster concentrate in it. I want to um, try one. <laughs> but many other oyster stouts or many oyster stouts that you see on the market today are actually meant to be paired with oysters or have suitable flavors to yeah. kind of complement that salty no, Brandon. Uh, not the same thing. <laughs> not the same thing. <laughs> uh, so I think um, I I don't have a good one that's produced right now. Yeah, I can't America. think of one. I know there there's like one probably from Maine that's super popular that has to exist, and I just yeah. can't put a name on it or anything. But if, if, if it had to be from anywhere, it'd probably be from there or something. And the yeah, I remember from tasting the oyster bread, it's like it actually tasted gritty, like salty, something like, like yeah, weird about it. It wasn't. It was bad. I was just uh, saying it wasn't bad, but it was bad. Uh, but I, I'll try a stout. <laughs> this definitely wasn't a stout. I don't know where it came from. But yeah, so I, like I said, now they're meant to be paired with with oysters to complement that salty or saline food that um, oysters. Yeah. You know, that's something we didn't talk about last week um, is pairing with food. Yeah. Maybe we can what, save what, that for like another. Well, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely can. But yeah, what, what do you like to drink your stouts with as far as like food stout. goes? More stout. Stout, stout and more stout. <laughs> that's just, it's all you need for dinner, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like that. You drink enough beer, you get your caloric intake, and <laughs> I mean, yeah, some of those bigger ones can be like what eight hundred calories. The, beer Beersmith <laughs> estimated this beer as being something like four hundred calories per twelve ounces. It's but, only for the imperial. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it really is. It's <laughs> higher alcohol, more more calories. But I and I I, I think I actually mentioned this last week. There is it, it is truth and you can google and find out and do your research that a typical normal abv uh ounce for ounce well here's the tricky thing if you say if you say if you compare a five percent stout to a five percent ipa they probably got similar um yeah uh calories because of the alcohol but darker malts do not give off as much or any fermentable sugars so typically you can have a uh, the same, if you had the same size grain bill for an IPA versus a, a stout, you're going to have a lower alcohol beer and a lower caloric beer, just because right. you're but not getting as much sugar. Will still kind of sugar, sugar, alcohol. It's yep. it's all sugar of some sort. So sugar, uh, gosh, I can't remember my nutrition classes. It's like seven calories per something of sugar versus I want to say like three for alcohol or maybe it's seven for alcohol and nine for sugar. I can't remember. Alcohol is a, is a little bit less calories per measurement than something like sugar does. But uh, um, to Jason's point though, those big stouts uh, that have all the unfermentable sugars in them, you're still drinking that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just you know, not alcohol. If you're comparing a, a you know, a, a, a two-hearted light or whatever it's called to, you know, a Dark Lord, of course there's going to be Ugh. a thousand calories in that glass of shit. Um, so here comes the Guinness. Proper pour. I, mean, I haven't had a Guinness in a long time. I don't think I've had a Guinness since I came back from Ireland. I don't. I don't. St. Patrick's Day is here. usually the only time I I drink Guinness. It's not because I don't enjoy it. I do. It's just because, honestly, I don't find myself buying a ton of any beer. I, and and there there's the 
I'd say out of the macro-ish produced beers over the more mainstream beers, Guinness is probably the one that I drink the most. In fact, now that I'm building out my home bar, I'm actually planning on a Guinness tap. Um, it's, it is my, typically it's my go-to beer. So when you get a keg of Guinness, how does that work? Like, do you, do you have to, do they give you just the beer and you have to like, like add the beer gas yourself or do they do something special? No, like, you, you, you cans or how does that work? You get a, uh, it's just a, it's a, a, a Sankey keg that you have to serve with nitrogen, just like, okay. or beer gas, just like mm -hmm. you would any other. So you can pour it just on CO2. You, I guess you could, it would come out flat. Cause I think it's, it's so when you're doing a homebrew, when you're homebrewing for a nitro tap, you want to carbonate your beer very, very low. Um, McQuillan's actually really good with this. Um, it's something like what, what's a normal IP, IB, IPA is going to be carbonated to like 2.2 to 2.4 vols yeah. of CO2. And I think you want, if you're going to do like, you know, we put coffee stout on nitro last year at homebrew fest. And I think we carbonated the base keg to uh, 0.5 or 0.75 volts. So you're like a, a, a quarter or a third of the volume of CO2 is what it's carved at. And then you, you push with nitro. Nitro doesn't typically, it doesn't really dissolve into the right. beer like CO2. It's more of the inject it. That's why you have a special tap for it. So the same with Guinness. If I bought that Sankey keg of Guinness and threw it on CO2, it's just going to be flat Guinness. Mm. Unless I carved it. Maybe you problem. should. I'm going to have it on nitro. <laughs> it's going to be proper or nothing. So you get that beautiful, thick, creamy. Let me get Arclight out of there. Is that, is that a... <laughs> it's not a proper glass, but it's the it... glass that I have. Is it is that a proper pour even? Is there enough head on there? Is there too much? Isn't there like a certain measurement of how much like foam you're supposed to have on top? There is, and I, I have no I idea. Should, I did you pour your own, that. Jordan, when you were I over did. there? I did. I am a certified Guinness pourer. <laughs> did you do it? Did, did they like? Did. Uh, uh, you did. Did you do it right? That were they like? Oh yeah, good job. Like no. Or do they tell I, anybody like you fucked up? Let me do this for I, you. No, like, I can tell you. I I honestly fucked up. Like I. I, <laughs> I think I, I hear everybody I does. Mine I mean, up. Right? The Andrea, however. She did like a fucking pro. Like, <laughs> I, I I don't get it, but it was like she probably could have done some artwork in the top. Like, <laughs> there is a story, and I don't know who told it to me, or I'm I'm gonna attribute it to John Sutton, but he I think he was like at a pub, and this could just be a joke too that somebody told me. I don't remember. Um, but there was a you know American came up and ordered like four Guinnesses, and the bartender you know did the two thirds pour and set the glass down on all four and then turned around to like, you know, pull a different beer for somebody else. And when he turned back, the four glasses were gone and the American, you know, they had taken the glasses and left and he laughed because, you know, he was like, they just left with two thirds of their beer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yep. if the stupid American wants to take a two thirds beer and, and pay for a full pour, then so be it. That, that, it's, the, uh... it's a learning thing, right? I mean, you yep. only, you, you don't know what you don't know. I get it. I wasn't used to like the two way and maybe this is all nitro. I don't own a nitro tap, but yeah, the, the, the dual yeah. tap. So when I, I'm used to like closing mine cause like, I don't want to, 
going to want any beer leaking out. So when I shoved it back, it kept pouring. I was like, ah, stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. McQuillan went over it at homebrew. We've done, we've for two years now, we've had nitro taps that, or his nitro tap at the homebrew and you got to do like, you feather it and, yep. and then, you know, you want to open it to do a full pour and it's, it's fun. And that's a whole nother episode on nitro beers. What should and shouldn't be put on nitro. There we go. We're just coming up everything with everything but stout. Right. Yeah. Every, yeah. If it's not stout, don't fucking put it on nitro. When I, when I was in Colorado, like everything was on nitro. Man. Dude, it was a big thing for a while. Yeah. Everybody wanted to try everything on nitro. Like, yeah, it was. It was Sam yeah. Adams was like uh, canning some of their uh, IPAs, yeah, uh, like on nitro and stuff, and they were awful. It just tasted like flat IPA. I had um. What what is it? It was a beer. It's a Scotch ale from Oscar Blues, Old Chub. Uh, while I was out there, and I was like, "Oh, I feel like that would be pretty good, like a creamy Scotch ale." It, I did not like it. Maybe it was something yeah. wrong with that place where I had it, but it was just. That's like I was at Founders, and they were putting, I think it was a Zaka, on nitro. Oh, mm-hmm. and it was just like, yeah, it was it was terrible. Um, nothing against Founders. It's just. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be on nitro. You know. I, I, and now, flip side, Rubeus on nitro. Oh, that's yeah. true. That's yeah, that so is, good. That is heavenly. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, what do you? What would you guys think about milkshake IPAs on nitro? Uh, no, no, <laughs> no. I'm not. I'm not feeling I, I even not even true. even the creamsicle IPA. I don't think I would dig. I like the bubbles in that. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. No, Jason really likes this. Uh, this uh, naughty sauce. Naughty Sauce is my, my all-time favorite beer. Which is like yeah. a white stout, right? It or like a, a coffee blonde or something. Coffee, Java, milk stout on nitro. Served by Noble Ale Works in California. I'm sorry, Michigan. But uh, <laughs> I, 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 before COVID, I was in California a week a month. And, uh, and Noble Ale Works was a mile away from my hotel. And uh, they're really great people and they really do awesome beer. And uh, yeah, the Naughty Sauce is like their their gold medal, you know, big uh, award winning flagship beer, and and it is super Where, special. California? I mean, I'm just out of curiosity. I'm supposed to be there like uh, a year and a half or so. so. Yeah, so it's 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 in Anaheim. Um, okay. It's actually the it's it's Noble Ale Works is within walking distance to Angel Stadium and the Honda Center for the Ducks games. So okay. um, you, you'll actually I go there. And uh, if, if, if there's a, I, I usually check if there's a baseball game because usually the people from Angel Stadium will fill up the brewery until the game starts and then they'll walk over. Um, and, uh, and then Makes you sense. go because all of those annoying baseball people are out of there. Uh, Nitro Sour. I did have one. Really? I have not. I haven't. I, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I did have one and it was actually, I think, at Noble and it was not good that sounds good i could see like the uh have you guys had my my boysenberry yet or just like yes well i just had it the other day oh Uh, yeah yeah so i think like those new sort of uh like milkshake or smoothie style sours on nitro may not be the worst no because I, i don't know fruit i feel like maybe that makes the the whole difference sometimes. Um, I, I was I was just gonna yeah. say that I, I like think like yeah yeah, and that's what I was gonna yeah, say. Like I would back up my stout statement and say like stout and fruit beers because Rubeus 
Rebate. Oh, yeah. Fruit beer. Well, there you, you go. Know. Yeah. So if it was a fruited sour, that might be interesting. And the one that, that comes to mind that I had was a wild, uh, like a farmhouse sour or a, a wild sour. And it was not, it just tasted funky. Um, yeah, I could see like that being creamy weird. socks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, <it's> <laughs> for dinner. Uh, <laughs> or creamy aged. I think it was creamy aged meat. Um, Oof. But no, fruit beers, fruit, fruit beers, you have to have something to hold up the nitro, right? The nitro is uh, so neutral and so soft. And uh, I, I, I think something's, something's got to be there. You got to have the flavor there. I'm with you. Patrick said that uh, to a, a good point. Uh, nitro kills hop character, which I, I totally agree. You need those bubbles there to carry that aroma out of the glass and stuff. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. It is cracked open. A, oh, go ahead. I was say I've never had a nitro IPA, so I've never been able to compare them back to back. But I could, I could definitely agree with that statement. I think you can still find Guinness's nitro IPA. Uh, you know, like Megabev. I mean, mm -hmm. like buy one if you can. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's uh, Sam. I forgot they did Sam, Ad uh, Sam Adams was. Yeah, it was sad. <laughs> sad Adams. Sad it was sad. It was sad. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I cracked one and gave the other three away. I uh, I just cracked uh, my other homebrew. I only have two homebrew stouts that I have sitting downstairs, like you know, aging or whatever. But I tended so not, not to change the subject real quick. But um, for my stouts, I tend to like probably drink maybe like half the keg. And then I get to be, you know, at the point where like I don't want this on tap anymore, but I still want to drink this later, and I just bottle off the rest and like stick it away somewhere. Like, do you guys usually finish like off all your stout or? Oh, no, dude, I, I, yeah, go ahead, Jordan. No, as I know, past past few that I have, I I haven't. Just as I I feel like stouts. No, granted, my stouts will usually sit in the kegerator for four to six months. Um, it's good aging, honestly. Yeah, well, yeah, cold, yeah, cold aging. I usually yeah. let them sit for two to three, generally, uh, with very limited serving uh, before I start drinking on them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, that's just me. And yeah, I mean, I've got well, this isn't pug stout, but I got my pug stout and my mega pug in, in boxes down here from because I couldn't turn them into you know any competitions this year. So oh, yeah. and, uh, not to. Uh, poke, poke that wound. Uh, yeah, it still hurts <laughs> so bad. But yeah, no, I generally don't. I mean, unless unless I don't have bottles available. But uh, thanks to you, Brian, I have plenty now. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, I got those. I Thank got those you. cheap. <laughs> yeah, Drew Drew's asking about uh, um, tropical stouts, and I I can only think of one example I've had in even the last two or three years because nobody brews them. Um, and it was at one well in town here. And for the life of me, I can't remember what the beer was called. I want to say it had some like sort of Jamaican or Rastafarian like name or something like that. But, <laughs> um, it was good. I feel like it sort of had like a, uh, almost like a, so, so they use CTZ, or they used to at the time for a lot of their uh, their bittering hops. Um, so th those are all like really similar 
um, um, taste. It's what, like Zeus, Columbus, and what's the T? Is the C Columbus? I'm such a bad brewer right now. God, Brian, get with your shit. I get, I get. I'm somebody, in, somebody in chat, help me out. Zeus, Tomahawk, and what's the what's the C? Is it Columbus? It's. Well, I I'm, gonna, just, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm looking it up on the BJCP thing okay. just to see how far it actually varies from all of our other stuff. <laughs> but but in any case, like, and 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 like any brewery, sort of. Um, I think like your house flavor like changes over time, but at that time, One Well's house flavor uh, was very dank and like resinous and like weedy. And I, I they used Zeus for all of their bittering hops, and that stout had a super dank, um, like marijuana sort of like taste to it. That was like uh, delicious, and it like really blended well with like whatever like malts they. Um, they they chose to you know use for that but what are what are like the style guidelines on a tropical stud when you guys look that up yeah i'm, I'm on it right now um so like the style comparison says like tastes like a scaled up sweet stout with higher fruitiness uh similar to some imperial stouts without the high bitterness strong burnt roastiness uh late hops and with lower alcohol uh much more sweet and less hoppy than American stouts, much sweeter and less bitter than the similar gravity export stouts. So yeah, our IBUs are 30. So, but it's still not like super helpful, right? It's like, no. if you're sitting blind, like, and you get a stout put in front of you, you're just like, oh fuck, is this American, Irish, tropical? Like, <laughs> you know, like well, yeah. And I feel w- like without the- being told it, it's probably hard to say it's, it's at the, the brewer's discretion a lot of the time. I mean, sometimes you can really tell, but yeah, I'm reading through like the aroma here. Cause I feel like, you know, that's one thing that we're kind of hitting on, especially with like tropical stouts. Like I feel like that's like the aroma and, and maybe the, you know, the flavor really needs to be, you know, in, in sync there to differentiate it. Um, but even then I'm not, um, not really seeing. Yeah. out. So the, the the history of it was it was it really started out as a foreign export stout uh, or the the uh, you well, know the, the the British stouts that were being reproduced in the West Indies and Africa and they you know because of shipping back then they were forced to use local adjuncts so you're going to have beers made with sorghum and beers made with uh, you know indigenous grains you know they didn't have barley they had may uh, corn um, corn sorghum uh, wheat you know, and so they, they had different uh, sugars going into them and slightly different flavors that gave them that, um, that kind of tropical sweetness, you know, mm. the, oh, the, yeah. the, the, the tropical that people think today is like, well, I'm going to throw coconut coconut. Yeah. And that's yeah. not at all. What, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was just made with different sugar bases than uh, yeah. our, our it, traditional foreign extra stuff. It says that in the history of the, uh, and I think, just realized that there's a history note uh, portion in these BJCP uh, things. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. got to memorize those too for those tests. They sometimes uh, the written yeah. portion of those tests. So it, it does. It, I think I, I read about it. Talked about them using different. Uh, again, kind of going back to I think what Drew said earlier is it's different yeasts. 
the yeast that they had in the Caribbean kind of tended to lend to more um, fruity esters that maybe where some people get some of those coconutty flavors. I know, Brian, you tried to beer, brew a beer that didn't have coconut, but you're going with those coconut flavors from hops, right? Sabro. Mm-hmm. Sabro. Mm-hmm. But um, I, there's definitely different yeasts out there that will, will give you that different fruit estery characteristics. And so it was just more of a traditionally a beer brewed in those hotter climates in the Caribbean, in Africa, um, that kind of came with adjunct sugars and different different sweetnesses or different uh, yeast flavors, I should say, yeast characteristics. So how about brewing these styles? So one thing that I haven't tried yet, and I don't know if you have, Jordan, but I know Jason, or I'm sorry, I know that you, I don't know about you, Jason, but I know that Jordan has lately, is a cold steeping uh, dark grains. It's not something that I do, but I know that um, Jordan's done that. So maybe we can talk about like a cold steeping grains and stuff like that and, and what that's you know supposed to accomplish so uh, what uh why have you been doing that lately jordan or a couple of beers that you've made maybe recently you know brian i'm, I'm gonna bring with you i don't i don't know if i have done that really I oh, I thought... I talk about that i've done a lot of um uh what do you call it decoction mashing recently maybe that's what i'm thinking of so yeah. the, in the club, the big cold steeper is actually McQuillan and Patrick and for yeah. Genzer. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the intent behind cold steeping is to impart the color and flavor without bitterness. Uh, yep. uh, you, when you cold steep, the heat breaks down the, 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 the grain or the coffee or whatever you're doing and, and puts off more of those bitter tannins. And so cold steeping will let you get a darker beer with some of the complex multi characteristics without as much of the malt bitterness, the charcoal, the burnt. But yeah, um, actually it was, um, and I think Patrick's listening. So it was McClellan, Patrick and Pregenzer all went together. They brewed a beer together and I think they did different yeasts. And they've done done this a couple of times and they cold steeped, uh, I think, the, the all the dark malts because not maybe because but i know patrick's an extract brewer and he used the cold steeping i don't know patrick can yell at me if i'm i'm wrong but anyway they they all want a medal because of it they they produced a, a great beer uh cold steeping the the malt yeah there's patrick thank you yep. <laughs> <laughs> oops um so they, yeah, they, that was their medal last year at Homebrew Fest was for their cold steep stout. And they did that to avoid some of the uh, the, the extra bitterness. See, I'd, I'd be interested to, maybe I'll try that because I usually, with my, my, my pug stout or basically any of my stouts, almost all the grains that I use are, are dehusked. So they're supposed to be less bitter, if you will. Here's a good one. Patrick says they feel it shortens the stout aging time, which I get that. You know, so yeah, the, I totally the, get that. The aging time of the stout can kind of mellow it out, and and you're doing that. You're not putting the tannins in there from hot, you know, the the hot break on that grain, and it's going to take a lot less time to get to a a more pleasant, palatable uh, finish. So it's good. It's a good point. Um, when I do my coffee stout, I cold steep the coffee. Uh, and I do it for that reason, because coffee can really put off a 
bitter uh that th those extra bitter tannins that comes from like a brewed a brewed cup of coffee is good uh if you like dark black coffee and you get that hot cup of coffee and it's bitter and it's it's amazing but on a beer that sits uh you don't want that you just want the coffee flavor that the mellowness of it and i'm i'm going way out on a limb here but i know that if you age a beer with coffee uh you have a you, you run the risk of the beer converting the coffee to or the, the, the conversion that happens to the coffee in the bottle changing to a pepper flavor. Yeah. And, and I've tasted some of that. And yeah, it's true. It totally does. It does. Yeah. It does. I've, I've had Just some like green pepper. Yeah. It totally takes on a pepper characteristic. Um, I've got three years of coffee stout of, of Columbian grind that I've brewed. And when I do go back and drink them, I don't get that. And I'm, Oh, and again, this is just my, opinion conjecture whatever I, I i wonder if it's because i'm cold steeping and i'm not picking up those tannins or i'm not picking up those chemicals that that change into that pepper characteristic so are you talking about using like a like a toddy like a cold brew system it's exactly like what i use oh okay <laughs> i have a toddy. i use that too yeah I, I, have my toddy. I have a toddy cold brew system so i do one pound of of coarse grained uh colombian coffee in however much water i can fit in there and it usually comes out to about uh two quarts is the finished product that i get yep. uh and that goes into uh right into my beer at flame out hmm. sounds like drew uses a toddy too <laughs> yeah toddy's amazing and if, well obviously he does he so drew used uh, the toddy he's the one that told me about it and that's why i have mine so yeah <laughs> Last year for Homebrew Fest, we put a keg of cold brew coffee on tap. Again, how was that on, made, by the way? That there was a lot of coffee. Like, how do you I, make them cold brew? So I made that over the course of like six days with my toddy, one pound at a time. No way. Wow. And uh, yeah, so I I went to Meyer. It wasn't good coffee. It was it, it was soldiers. Well, you yeah. have to use cold beer. Or you have to use coarse ground, right? You have to use coarse ground. So no, it was like Meyer brand coffee. Okay, and. Uh, um, McClellan had the, I think it was McClellan had the great idea to put a, a nitro coffee on tap. And which, it was a fantastic idea. And but, but the, the kicker here is that beer gas contains CO2 and mm -hmm. CO2 makes coffee taste like ass. Mm -hmm. Um, so there, we did run that risk, but yeah, I took, I think six pounds of coffee and my toddy over the course of it. And I, I dumped that in the, uh, I just put that in the keg and I think I doubled the water. Uh, oh, okay. You know, so it wound up being, you know, like 12 quarts of coffee and 12 quarts of water uh, in that keg. I don't know the math there, if that's actually more than the volume of the keg or not, but whatever. Uh, it worked. We were, uh, we were, dude, there were, the morning. I know there were clubs. There were, clubs. <laughs> there, there were people like wandering around aimlessly before we would wake up in the morning and they'd see some of our club members like walk into, to, you know, right. start setting stuff up. And we, we put that cold brew coffee on nitro <laughs> and they were like crying at our bar. Like, <laughs> it was, it was great. Uh, funny story about that is I just so I, I have most of the kegs from homebrew and I went to clean a keg last week. Oh, no. Uh, and, uh, I wanted a keg to put my IPA in and I dug in the back of my garage, which is full of shit because I'm, I've got some construction going on. And, uh, I found a keg and it had a tag on it and said coffee. And I'm like, Oh, cool. I grabbed it. <laughs> and it was like a third full of coffee that I brewed in 
August of 2019 and it's July of 20 or yeah, 2020. How'd it look? <laughs> it blinked at me. <laughs> Did you kill it? You, I, you, you I, saint I, it? I, 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 I boiled, I tore apart the keg and I boiled oh. it. And I, I replaced all the rubber and, uh, and, uh, and it's good to go. But yeah, the, the leftover cold brew coffee from last year just got dumped out. That's how nice. So, so I'm shitting my garages right now. Drew, Drew just says, like, ever done whole beans in secondary? So I'm going to be like, I, that's the only way I've ever used coffee in a beer. And I've, I've made a coffee blonde once. That's how I and, make all my coffee blondes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. If you, if you don't want the color, uh, if, you, if you're doing that coffee blonde or that white stout, you definitely want to do whole bean in the secondary uh, to get the flavor without the color. I find about uh, two ounces of, like, the freshest roasted beans that you can find, like anything local, uh, for five gallons works pretty well. So, what would be, the, I guess, uh, the difference between, say, like a white yeah. stout and a coffee blonde? Cacao. That, oh, just okay. Uh, oh, that, okay. I mean, yeah. in my opinion, it's maybe, cacao. maybe a little lactose. Sure. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. Probably a little bit of sweetness, but definitely chocolate. Would in you fact, say between it, a white stout and a coffee blonde. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, definitely, definitely the sweetness and the chocolate. Yeah. So, have you had uh, the Founders Marvel roast yet? No, I have not. Um, Dude, I don't get out of my house. I go to work. I have a, I have a, you know, eight, eight weeks old, old, two months old today, actually. Yeah, hey, so. happy, happy birthday, yeah, Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get out too much. So I'll, uh, I, I think I have a few bottles sitting around. I'll, I'll save one for you. I'll, I'll run it over next so, time I see you. Brian brought one over last week, and uh, Marvel Roast is the closest, well, the, probably the second closest Michigan beer that I've had to Naughty Sauce. Uh, if it was on Nitro, I think it would be right there. It's that sweet, chocolatey coffee. It's like full body, too. Like it, it is, is super like, full body. Like um, a, a thick, blonde beer, yeah. Arclight does um, Swayze Crazy, which... It's very, very close and very good. And remind, I think it's very close to jo uh, Marvel Roast. Um, so if if you get down to ArcLight or Tiger Brew, or why did I say Tiger Brew? They're both on the Tiger <laughs> Brew tail. Um, Founders and ArcLight are both Tiger Brew. Um, uh, ArcLight with the Swayze Crazy or Founders with Marvel Roast are they're fantastic uh, white stouts. What's a um... What's your preferred glass to drink stout out of? I just watched myself take a sip on camera with a my little not quite tulip glass, but do you have do you have do you have favorite glasses? Do you uh, do you guys are you the kind of people that that even do that, or are you just like pint glass and, and whatever? I mean, Jordan's uh, drinking out of a horn. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> if i can i'll like i got a i got a series of tulip glasses but and i'll drink out of those generally but i don't i don't try to i, I don't go out of my way to pair a beer with a, the right type of glass my i i so i use libby tulip glasses for like like 90 percent of the I beers have. that i drink they're like they're the best seriously like they go with everything I, um, i'll agree with david jones a full, a full one. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a glass knob, although I'm, I'm in the middle of setting up my bar. And, and I was just telling Amy last night, like we need, you know, I've got highballs and pints and we need coops and martinis and, and I need tulips and I need, uh, pills glasses. And yeah. yeah, 
So, uh, but I'm not a glass snob. I've got tulips. I've got pints. Um, I've got some. Uh, what do you call the Oktoberfest style ones? I've got like four of those. They're like a liter. Just the just the the Stein thing. The yeah yeah, yeah they big glass bastard that I only drank out of a few times because it's yeah. way too much beer. At one I used time. to have a metal one. Uh, last year at, at uh, the Michigan State Fair homebrew competition, winners won uh, ceramic steins, and I I drank my beer out of that for a while. Yeah, I've it's like it's like almost too much. Too. Yeah. The I will say though, I'm I'm, I'm not a glass snob when it comes to beer. I don't give a shit. It's yeah, a full one is all that really matters. But with my whiskey, I do prefer a Glencairn. So if, what is that? <laughs> uh, the Glencairn glass. Um, Oh, shit. Look it up and then share. Okay. So, so I, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw this out there. In the meantime, I, uh, let's, let's see if I can. Hayes for president. Oh, uh, dude. Can can I? Will, will let me zoom in on this. Oh man. This so is I your got, I, So I, I got this today. It's cutting off Bernie's head. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> Actually, I don't know where it went. My daughter must have picked it up and put it in the. Where uh, the hell the, did you the find this? So some guy on Reddit like made it uh, like as a shit post like months of ago, course. and then people are like, "Oh my god, if you put that on a glass, I would totally buy that." And of course, I'm one of those guys that's like, uh, "It's kind of fucking." Funny, <laughs> I was so. gonna say, I was gonna say <laughs> weren't you trying to do a glass purge? <laughs> <laughs> and I did. I dropped off literally three bells beer box like cases of glasses to goodwill uh last week and uh and, and, and yeah here i am getting new glasses in the mail so I, I set up a shelf downstairs and uh i'm moving most of my like pint glasses and stuff down there to uh share with people and i'm keeping my nice glasses upstairs and i'm i'm do I'm, I'm trying to justify it and it's not working but all that's right okay did you find one? So, so back to stouts. No, I have no idea. No. <laughs> I don't know how to do the fancy uh, share screen share yet. But back to stouts. We've talked about now oyster, Irish, tropical, uh, American, and porter. Uh, we can skip chocolate because it's boring. Duh, use chocolate. Um, imperial stouts, milk stouts, I think are the last ones that are the, the big ones that we haven't really hit on. Um, Milk stout, of course, being the addition of two percent. Two. <laughs> I was going to say half and half, but no. <laughs> oh no! I uh, when when I was when I was just getting into beer and I had a left hand milk stout for the first time, there was a discussion going around the table of like what a milk stout was, and this is back before like we were smart enough to just go to like Google and just be like. Milk stout, like, but there weren't even like a lot of homebrewers around there at the time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so it's obviously with the addition of lactose. But we all thought like milk, really, at the time, and uh, we were trying to figure out how the beer wasn't like spoiling and shit. And like, I was kind of adverse to even trying milk stouts for a while because I thought that literally like they were gonna go bad. Uh, so lesson learned on that. Have you guys ever made a milk stout? Yeah. You know, I basically just took, um, my coffee stout and put lactose in it instead of coffee. Um, 
Yeah, I suppose it's the tab. I've brewed the pug stout for like ten years. I've used lactose at some point. Yeah. It was it was okay. I, I actually I have a case of it in the basement that I use a bottle ever almost every time I make uh, chili. Oh, I've done that oh. with my chilies too. I've, I've I've used some of my my stouts for that. It's, a, it's wonderful. Do you have to boil it for a little longer, or, or how does that work? Like, what do you how do you use it in a chili? Uh, I do, usually I grind my ground brown my meat and uh, seasonings, and then when I put in the tomatoes and uh, beans and things. I pour a bottle of stout in and then let it simmer as long as I can. I mean, oh, it's, okay. as soon as it's hot, it's good. But it, if yep. you can let it simmer all day, it's better. And if you eat it tomorrow, it's amazing. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's exactly what we do. Oh, I don't know if you make yours in a pot. We usually do ours in a crock pot because it's just it depends. Time. If I have time, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I still have it, Drew. Once uh, once you open your brewery, I'll make sure it finds its way over there. That'll be my uh, my house glass. Or something. <laughs> so milk stouts are going to give us that sweeter, fuller uh, characteristic. Um, you know, historically they were. Um, this goes back in time, right? They were they were brewing it to put actually put more nutrients in beer. You know, this was back in the day when you were expected on lunch or, or you know your break from loading the ships of the dock to go drink a couple of pints and that, that's where you got your, your I didn't actually realize this was a historical style like that. I kind of thought it was something newer. No. Really. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Uh, in fact, back in the early 1900s, the, um, the, let me pull it up. So in, during world war in during the world wars, uh, the British government required brewers to remove the world milks, the word milk from labels because uh it was associating the beer with milk which was being rationed um huh. so it's not a newer style it's it, it's i don't have the date for when it was was done but it was um it, it, they used to actually advertise it uh here maxins used to advertise you know each pint contains energizing carbohydrates that's amazing <laughs> so this is you know back in the day if you go if you go back into england and in, in, in britain uh there's Drew. you muted yourself jason i think jason you're muted no no i think he said he might be having internet issues maybe i am no, I can hear you. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've... he's he's been stuttering for a little bit. I just I, oh. thought, it was, I thought it was just me. So I've there been on I've head. been on this call for I've been on this headset for twelve hours today, so it's probably dying out on me. So I apologize. <laughs> um, but no, it's just it, yeah. Uh, you know, back in the day in 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 history, you know, beer was food. Beer beer saved the world. Yeah, how beer saved the world? Watch that movie. I, lo I love that movie. Yeah, I've seen it. Okay, I'll have to do that. It's on my list. It's pretty much been at the cornerstone of most of uh, our uh, our advancements. Was that on Netflix or anything? I think it was. It, it was, was at one time. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to switch to a wired shitty connection because I'm losing you. So bear with me for a second. No, nah, you're Talk fine. Yourself. I uh. The only time I use lactose in my stouts lately has been in uh, imperial stouts, um, honestly. And so maybe we can use that as a, a transition into you know something like 
pastry stouts and imperial stouts and stuff like that. But um, I don't find myself making them too often. But mostly because like I like having beer to drink and I don't usually keep a whole lot of stuff to bottle and age and stuff like that. And to Patrick's point, like a while ago, uh, some stouts do take a, a little while to, to age and to, you know, yeah, just kind of on their own. But yeah, have you guys made any like imperial stouts lately or anything? Or is that something you do for like competitions or? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'd make, I mean, I guess, um, well, RAS. I, I don't know mm-hmm. if my Mega Pug would be considered an RAS or just an Imperial. I'd have to take a look at the. Uh, I don't know if I quite hit the bitterness levels correct for an RAS. So, like a BJCP, there is not really an RAS specifically. It's just Imperial Stout. Oh, okay. So well, you you probably hit. It's it's honestly it's probably one of the most wide ranging categories that there is, simply because of like. Um, RAS is a really bitter, like usually. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but and I know like, you, you and I brewed those the same day, and I tried yours. Oh yeah, like, oh, yeah. That's that's really better, and mine was mine was not. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> pardon me. Oh, but, Jason, but, your yeah. your mic's not working. He's still kind of choppy on my end. I don't know about you looking at his video. Mm-mm. Maybe it's I me. You, man. I don't know. But yeah, yeah. I mean, the the Mega Pug was the first. That was the first time I I brewed it, and it was essentially just kind of like a stepped up version of my, you know, um, my Pug Stout. How about now? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. We got you. So I was what I was trying to say was with Imperial Stout. I think in the description of Imperial, I can't count how many times it says the word intense, uh, <laughs> intensely flavored, intense flavors, <laughs> intense character. So an Imperial Stout or a Russian Imperial Stout is just everything, but plus some more, more, yep, more alcohol, more bitterness, more sweetness, more flavor, more roastiness. There was a. Uh, do you guys, do you guys ever listen to the Experimental Brewing uh, podcast? No, nah, uh, not really. Maybe once. So um, occasionally they do like these smaller, like maybe like half hour episodes. I can't remember uh, what they call them, but. Uh, they had one guy on once that, um, that that sort of like went over his award-winning like uh, Russian Imperial Stout, uh, I, or, not IP, his Russian Imperial Stout recipe, and uh, and uh, he swears that even like a little bit of a uh, diacetyl in the beer, um, like just helps bring out more complexity. So I mean, not only are you having like malts and hops. And you know the oxidation and stuff like that from aging and stuff like that, but even like a little bit of diacetyl and like bottle carbine and stuff like that adds to it. Like um, there's there's so much flavor, I guess, packed into like imperial beers that a little bit of like you know oxygen or off flavor can actually add complexity to the beer and and that's something that can be said to like even some lagers and stuff like that too right like it's not always like unwarranted which i thought was interesting because i'm always like super hyper focused on no oxygen no oxygen no oxygen no off flavors and stuff but if you think about it like stouts you know especially imperial stouts lend themselves to barrel aging and barrel aging is doing that it's introducing 
that's a great oxygen point. And yeah, it's yeah. introducing, you know, some of them off flavors, but in controlled amounts or in, in subtle amounts to add those complexities. And, um, you know, they, 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 and yeah, I think that's actually one of the only things besides sours that should be barrel aged. Same with nitros, you know, like, like we go back to that, you know, you, people out there, you don't have to put everything in a fucking barrel. <laughs> but a big old imperial stout absolutely put it in a barrel see what it does big barley wine i have no use for barley wines in general <clears throat> i hate uh, there's there's the whole crew of people out there that are you know hashtag bil like the barley wine is life you know movement stuff like that but um i have not heard of this <laughs> it's i mean i think it was like a i don't know it was like a it might have even been just like a meme thing like yeah many years ago but um i'm kind of with you i've I, never uh, intentionally brewed one um i've accidentally brewed a couple but i'm just not it's not my style they're they're uh they're tough to drink sometimes you got to mm -hmm. be in a special mood i guess they're not a summer beer um yeah and people I, keep putting them in big ass bottles you know and yeah yeah and and then you have to share them right and it's like you know n none of us have any friends so like what are we going to do with like big right. bombers of beer 21st amendment i believe it was 21st amendment when i was in california they're a california brewery they distribute here but they do a barley wine and they were the first one that i've ever seen i i, I have some somewhere because i'll never open them but they sell them in six ounce cans little cans yeah. <laughs> and i'm like that's as much barley wine as i can take so sure. i bought i bought a you know like a, a four pack of them or whatever uh and and it's it was it's if still the, a shitty barley wine but if the price is right like it seems all right to me i've had some decent barley wines like uh but yeah it's just it's not something that i go out of my way to find i think well, usually if I'm i will fun, i'll drink it <laughs> right, I'll, I'll drink almost anything you put in front of me except smoke shit unless we're at a homebrew meeting and <laughs> david jones makes me try another damn smoked beer which i'll do but it's gross <laughs> topic for another show but i do have a rye wine brewing right now i've had your rye wine before it's but, good but, but we'll but, get on we'll, we'll we can yeah. talk about that later it's it's off topic right. shana shana brought up to me today she goes so you're having the uh, a stout episode. Are you actually going to talk about stouts after and the IPA? Here we are talking about rye wine. <laughs> so, so no, no, probably not. I guess. Sorry. Welcome to Michigan Brews. We're having the episode yeah. of the grab bag. <laughs> well, I think we I think we did okay. No, yeah. we did. I think I think it was a good discussion on stouts and you know actually one thing I want to talk about. Um, you know, for the keepers out there, and then hopefully some other homebrew clubs that are, are you know may watch this or, or are going to start watching these, is I was surprised at keepers at how many people have never brewed a stout. You know, and in talking to these homebrewers and, and brewers that have brewed for years or whatever, and they find that stouts are, um, you know, difficult or uh, they're they're somehow concerned or afraid to brew a stout or they're intimidated by a stout, and I always wondered like why, like. It's literally throwing half a pound of black patent on whatever you're brewing and seeing what the hell comes out. Like, um, it's they're not hard to do, and 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 stouts, 
uh, black IPAs, Cascadia dark ales, whatever the hell you want to call it. Uh, there's so much more flavor. Uh, you know, if you're a coffee drinker, definitely brew a stout. Check it out. I, uh, I think that you're absolutely right. It's probably the most forgiving of the styles that you can brew. Honestly, yeah. like you don't have to worry about like your IPA flavor falling off. Uh, there's so much roast that like IP, that the, the all flavors can sort of be covered up a little bit. I, oh. I will say that you can. It's not saying this is from experience, <laughs> but you can add too much roasted. <laughs> what what does that taste like? You ever licked charcoal? <laughs> I have not, but uh, but okay. <laughs> yeah. it's, not, it's, not, it's not that bad, to be honest. I feel like I added a little, the pugs that I was drinking earlier. I feel like I went a little overboard on the uh, on the uh, roasted malts, but I was just looking at my recipe, and yeah, it looks like like Jason said, a half a pound. I think I've got. Um, Posted what two two and a half pounds maybe <laughs> of of in in a of black patent no no in a black patent black patent they only had eight ounces so yeah that was half a pound of black patent but I mean in terms like, of like your your other roasted malts like chocolate roasted barley oh no yeah you um, need you, you can do some more yeah. I you know it's funny I was I, I I've talked about this before in like my, uh, you know, brewing for competition presentation, but with coffee stout, I brewed that so many times and it started out to be such a shitty beer. I was scoring like 18s, 19s. And, um, and the feedback that I got on it in the beginning was, you know, too much malt bitterness and too much astringency and too much charcoal and things like that, you know, and, and you start, you know, reducing the black patent or actually it was David Jones that really helped me with the breakthrough there was switching from, Black patent to Carafa three, which was uh, Carafa is a dehusk, so it's naturally less bitter. Um, but uh, what's, the, what's the? Is it Black Prince? Is the actually yeah. yeah th there was a step there. I took the I I changed Black patent to Black Prince, which is also a dehusked. Um, I think that's what I've or, I, don't or the, I think they call it debittered. Yeah, um, yeah. Yep. They call it, yeah they call it debittered. But then Carafa three is it's actually a dehusked uh, special. Special, oh uh, yeah, very special. There's hostile. Yeah, I know. I learned yeah. that lesson the hard way. <laughs> so there, you do have to be careful, you know, unless you really do like that charcoaly uh, flavor. Uh, the more power to you. But yeah, uh, you know, your your darker malt should definitely contains a, a gradient. You know, uh, maybe a little 120 for some sweetness and color. Uh, maybe a little chocolate for some balance and color. Um, uh, pale chocolate is a good step. You can you can do more if you want to up the ABV. You can use pale chocolate. It's got a little bit more, um, you know, fermentable sugars in it without lending so much of the bitterness. Uh, pale chocolate, I think, lends a ton of chocolate flavor, and it does. Yeah, absolutely. That 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 and Carafa too, I think, are the are the most like chocolatey flavored malts in my opinion. Interesting. All right. So. Um, yeah, as far as the, the, the your recipe design goes, you definitely want to watch out. Don't go with so you can watch in the SRMs. You know, Black Prince, Black Print, and Craft of Three are all in the five hundred to five fifty range. You know, don't don't go don't go too heavy there. Um, um, you want to build up. You know, start with 
you know, building your palette up from that, that, that 150, 200 range, you know, with those one twenties, um, special B, uh, some of those other, you know, darker malts to add some of that complex, you know, complexness, if you want it, raisins or nuts or, um, whatever, but that's again, <laughs> another, uh, I'm actually working on a recipe, a presentation on recipe design. So that's another nice. nice. So no, that'd be cool. And yes, Matt, if you're coming in, Matt McClellan's joining us in chat. I think he's coming in late. We already talked about you and your wonderful cold steeping techniques. You beautiful bastard. So do you guys have any uh, tips and tricks or anything for like brewing a stout? Like one thing special that you do when you make a stout that that you think really helps? Like it could be like a, an ingredient or like a hop or something like that. Or just just something that you know like does something different. I usually put in. I do this with a lot of my beers, though. Honey malt at varying degrees. I feel I've like never the, used honey malt in a stout. I feel like honey oh. malt the, the burnt flavors actually play really well. Interesting. And do you use that in pug stout? Yes. Okay. Huh. That's a great addition. Yeah. I, I I honestly I use it for shit probably ninety percent of the beers unless it's like out of style to like like my heffies i don't i won't use it there but i like i'll throw it in my ipas and stouts and you know if, if it's classic to style and that's you know the big thing like i i try as much as i can to try to brew to styles so that way i can get you know that experience but yeah if, if it allows me to then yeah i'm throwing a little bit in there that's cool i never thought about that yeah and i've already i've already done it uh, or said it you know it's um Switching to those dehusked carafas, uh, I think was was what really upped my stout game. Getting me that darkest color possible with, you know, it, I mean, we all like bitter beers, but you don't want it to be too aggressively bitter. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, again, this goes back to a, a text exchange I had with David Jones once, where he's texting me pictures from a brewery in Grand Rapids, I think, where you could see through the stouts. And uh, and he was kind of offended, and I don't blame him. Um, and then I'm looking at my stouts, you know, and I want that I want that dark color. Uh, somebody said it earlier in chat, you know, the stout that looks back at you. Uh, yep. And so to get that dark, yeah, to get that dark, dark color, that that deep dark, beautiful body that, uh, without going overboard on the ashtray, um, you know, or, or charcoal recut, then definitely look to the Black Prince, Carafa Three Special, the Dehust. Um, another good one is Midnight Wheat. Um, I, don't I don't know if I've ever yeah, used that. I don't, I don't know if I've ever used that. <sighs> I don't think Ed's listening, but I think Arclight told me once that I, I think he told me once that he uses Midnight Wheat for all of his dark beers for his stouts. I believe I could be wrong, but he's got some great <laughs> bourbon barrel age. Like yeah, he does. Yeah, he really does. And uh, Black Mirror and stuff like that. Um, yeah, David Johnson. <laughs> um, it was. He sent me a picture of it. You could see through it. Uh, yeah. Which technically, if you shine a you know a light through a Guinness, it's strong enough. It it's a it's a very deep ruby color. It is actually clear, but it it's dark enough where like. It takes a really strong light to actually see that. It's day, not like you can hold it up to like the ceiling and be like, "Oh." Mm. The day that he was sending me those, I went like on a. I, I went on 
into my beer room and I was pouring samples of my stout and holding my phone up to it and, and sending pictures back going, you know, I, I can't see any light through a three ounce pour, you know? So, um, but no, that's, that's my tips and tricks. What about you, Brian? I mean, you, you um, took, you took my gold one year, so. <laughs> so this isn't with the with the Irish, but uh, for uh, for Russian Imperial stouts, I've actually started to take in uh, taking a dry hopping them mm. with Northern Brewer. Um, it adds uh, sort of like a an almost like <clears throat> maybe like grassy woody flavor to them that sort of like tends to fade into something like more balanced after like a month. Um, I've done it twice now. And I think I, I really like it. It's like a, a nice like two ounce Northern Brewer dry hop in a really big Russian Imperial Stout, like sets it off a little bit. I, I wouldn't do it for like every beer or anything like that. Like you know, would do it for like an Irish Stout or something. But for those for those big beers that you want to have, or maybe even something that you're planning on barrel aging too, um, bitterness is is better. And that's actually probably a good point if you plan on aging anything or doing anything with wood in your beer aim for it to be a little bit more bitter to start with and then yeah. that'll sort of age out and blend um, yeah. with the wood and stuff over time yeah most most barrels are charcoaled or burned on the inside which naturally kind of helps filter some of that shit out oh, that's uh, so you yeah, do want to uh, add some of that in i gotta get another stout myself pardon me fridge just off camera jealous living the life yeah i wish i had enough outlets to hold one down here but i do not so what else we got um we covered brewing covered hops malt styles all right go i go ahead no go ahead no you <laughs> I, I was gonna say we can go back to bias a little bit real quick because i know you touched on that um in uh in in that having really clear uh stouts so like stouts can be clear brown and still be appropriate um but man i judge the hell out of it like even even when it comes in my glass i'm like i know i'm i i tell myself i'm not going to like this before i even take a sip and it's like bad that i do that but uh it's it's sort of a bias thing I I want I want something that's thick and dark and that I can't see through. Oh, water! Water is a good point. Oh this yeah, is. that's a great one for you to talk about. And since I have nothing to add about water, <laughs> uh, I'm actually gonna step away for just a second. Oh no, you're fine. I can I can probably talk about uh, yeah, you talk water about water. Right. So um, let me pull up something in the computer here um so a lot of breweries brew with I, I feel like it's split and i don't know enough about um who brews with what to uh really lay down any knowledge but um as far as like water goes for beer everybody knows that like beer is mostly like water right and so quality and quality out flavor and flavor out um, if you brew with water that tastes like 
you know, fluoride and chloride and chloramines and stuff like that, you're probably going to get a beer that tastes equally like as bad. Um, and so water uh, for stouts is an especially um, maybe like important thing to, to consider because um, when you brew with so many dark malts, it tends to uh, drop the, the mash pH on water quite a bit. And I don't honestly know if like low mash pH is, is such a, a huge deal compared to like a high mash pH. Um, with, a, with a very high mash pH, you have a much stronger chance of extracting like additional tannins uh, out of the grains, um, sort of getting that like dry black tea sort of like after feeling in your mouth. Um, Are you still talking about water? Yeah. My water's perfect. I don't fuck with water. Your, your water is, <laughs> yeah, your water is great. No, it's totally fine. Um, but um, yeah, with, with a lower pH, I, I don't know how much of a, of an issue that is aside from potentially affecting your efficiency and maybe having something to do with how the um, uh, uh, how how your your conversion is basically in the mash, but um, I tend to use a pretty basic like water profile. I target maybe like seventy parts per million sulfate and chloride, and just call it good there. And uh, I personally try to uh, up my hardness a little bit if I'm brewing with a lot of dark grains. Because sometimes they can get down like below 5.15 and I'll add a little baking soda uh, to try to get that hardness back in there. But um, there's some other things that you can do to try to get that. I think uh, chalk, which I don't think is really recommended. Chalk is super hard to dissolve <laughs> in anything. Uh, um, and then pickling lime, I think, uh, is another one that people use. Um, but I, I typically just stick with baking soda. It adds a little bit of extra sodium uh, to the beer, but as long as you're not exceeding like, gosh, I don't know. I want to say maybe like 100 parts per million, you're probably going to be okay. You definitely don't want like a salty beer, um, but you still try to want to hit that normal like 5.2-ish maybe at a minimum, like mash pH. So... <laughs> Um, but yeah, you don't necessarily need to do anything special like you would for IPAs. Like uh, um, going back to IPAs, the chloride typically helps add softness. Um, um, sulfates typically uh, lend to like bitterness and like hop forwardness and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, it, it all sounds like a massive pain in the ass to me. <laughs> it, it if you brewed with if you had portage water. Uh, you would you hard. you would put in the research, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. I so, no, so, I've I've said this many times, dude. If I move, my my brewing is fucking done. <laughs> and, uh, all of this shit's I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to send out my water to get get analyzed. Well, so he, you you have well, Jordan. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't. I guess I maybe I did know that. We okay. That last week, yeah. At least I think we did at some point. You did. I I paid attention yeah. to you, Jordan. Yeah. Oh, thanks. That's I appreciate you. I know you love me. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I'd like to. I I sent I sent out a sample uh, out to 
someplace for like a water analysis, but they came back with a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, just trying to sell me on like, oh, you need a whole house watering, like water. Oh, filter. sure, yeah, you know, you, mm-hmm. you go through. That's not, I, that's not what I sent this out for. Right, <laughs> you send your water through Dan Wood or something, and they're like, hey, let's sell you, yeah, a yeah. softener and an RO system and a RODI system, all that shit. Yeah, Ward Labs is pretty good. And I think the club still has some sort of water test kit, don't we? We do. Um, yeah, I don't know who has it, David or somebody. Um, yeah, you can definitely test your water with it. It's it's just a little, you know, tabletop titration type kit. Oh, all right, cool. So McQuillan mentioned earlier too, I don't think we talked about oats and uh and stouts and what oats do. And I know, you know, we use a lot of oats and stuff in our New Englands. Um I guess we didn't really talk about oatmeal stouts a whole lot. We didn't. We didn't really cover oatmeal stouts. Um Oatmeal stouts, uh, you know, I, I think the, the purpose, and I'm losing my, my train of thought here, but, you know, the purpose of oats was really to kind of add that extra uh, body characteristic uh, to the stout. And, it does. And, and, I mean, if you if you taste like, you know, oats, <laughs> the, the flavor does come through, like, a little bit. It just it sort of adds that sort of, like, maybe grainy taste, but... It does also add uh, beta glucans um, to the beer as well. So, um, again, those are supposed to help with uh, additional, you know, body and, and stuff like that. And, uh, Sorry, let me get my. I had to remove my meowing co-host. <laughs> and, and there are some places that like uh, do you know special ferments uh, like a. Uh, Oh shoot! What's the name, What's the name of that that brewery that does the uh, the the oatmeal stout in the Yorkshire squares? Uh, <laughs> it's slipping my mind right now. Literally, I was just talking about them yesterday. I hate how that goes. Um, but in any case, you can do like a you know open ferments and uh, and still get. You know, yeah, some of those like crazy flavors and stuff like that. I, I, don't, know. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the history of oatmeal stouts again, just because I read all day. The history of oatmeal stouts is it was a, it was a grain that was used because it was readily available in Europe, um, and that's what they had. And it actually went out of favor quite a bit uh, in the 1800s and 1900s. Um, yeah, and nobody really cared for it, and then. Um, and then, yeah, they started, breweries started bringing them back just because they're, they're kind of a neutral taste and they don't really impart a lot of flavor, but they do that mouthfeel that they give that creaminess and um, they have a high protein lipid content uh, because of the fats and waxes so they can make your beers smoother and fuller. And I, if I remember correctly, because Matt brought this up, um, I think, and Matt, you can tell me if I'm wrong we were talking about it before and his beers were just a little thinner and the, they, they didn't have as much body. And we talked about adding oats and that helped. So obviously you won a medal, right? <laughs> so cool. Yeah. I don't know. I think we're, we're in low. Well, I've got some stuff I want to cover real quick. Not that I've talked enough, but 
Um, for those of you that are watching, I don't know if Debbie and Jim are still watching because we've gone a little long in this stout category, <laughs> but uh, I am trying to give some call out love to Taggart Brew. Debbie and Jim uh, were on a couple of weeks ago and uh, they really brought a lot of new viewers to us. And, um, you know, so I just want to give some shout out to Taggart Brew. Uh, Taggart Brews are still uh, out there going strong with all the craziness. They're, they're keeping the breweries going. Uh, Debbie was telling me earlier today that uh, you know, tagger brews are, are currently ordering hundreds, a hundred, uh, charms and tags at a time because the, the tagger brews are going out there and, and really helping support the That's Michigan awesome. uh, yeah. brewery scene. And, uh, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to do my own tagger brew adventure. I'm going up to the UP and I'm going to definitely try to, uh, pick up some of the new tags that I missed while I was up there, um, a couple of years ago. And then lastly, next week. We actually can announce the show again. This is the second time we've done this, right? Yeah. <laughs> so next week we will have uh, some homebrew club leaders. I, I was going to say presidents, but they're not all presidents. Uh, we're going to have David Jones join us from Keepers of Craft, um, our club. Uh, we're also going to be joined by Lee McBain and Jeff Burkhart from Sons of Liberty and uh, Paul Phipps from uh, Livingston Social Brew Club. And we're going to we're going to talk about uh, you know kind of what homebrew clubs do and why it's going to be in a homebrew club and, and kind of, um, you know, some of the, the things that each of these clubs are doing to kind of stay current and how they react in COVID and, um, you know, how they're, they're out there building the community. It's ultimately why we're doing what we're doing because we got into a cool homebrew club and we all met each other. Um, so we're going to talk to, uh, to some presidents and leaders. Um, and in Paul, Paul's case, uh, the tap mechanic, um, about homebrew clubs. So that'll be our show next week. So nice. hopefully we'll have some new viewers pop in because uh, I'm sure they're going to tell their clubs about it. Uh, we've got some East side, two East side clubs. So I'm pretty well, a central and an East side club. So I'm pretty excited about that. Getting some exposure across the state. So, and then, yeah, are we uh, going to the bar after this or uh, Jordan, you got to go play dad. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I'll probably hop on for a bit. I don't know if I'll stay long, but I got a, I got a couple of beers to pop open still. So cool. Uh, I, probably around I, a nine fifteen. Yeah. If I get, if, if the kids, if the kids asleep upstairs, I may find some time to hop on. But All right. So. All right. Well, if you're watching and you want to join us in the bar, we'll be there in about 10 minutes. Kalamazoo.bar. Jordan. Thanks. Yeah, cool. yeah. I, I was I was waving, I guess, prematurely, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any other big news. Do you, Brian? Jordan? No, anybody? No, so. All right. Uh, I got nothing. Thanks for Thanks for tuning in. All right. Thanks guys. Have a good day.